morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in Psalm 105, and let's talk today about the amazing life of Joseph, some prophetic events that he went through, and that also as believers we can identify with as well. Praise the Lord. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word today, that your Holy Spirit bring illumination of the scriptures, that we can make proper application of it to our lives. Now, Father, we thank you for understanding. We thank you for illumination of the path that you have for us to walk on as individuals and also as a body of believers together in the church. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name, and we all agree and say amen. Praise God. Psalm 105, today we're discussing the subject of prophetic preparation for greatness. I thought about maybe just calling the message preparation for greatness. That's what Joseph was going through. But you realize the prophetic anointing that was upon his life, the way that the Lord deals with his people in a prophetic nature. Now, this is for those who are willing to submit to God's workings and God's dealings so that He can get you to where He wants you to be in order to make the greatest impact for Him. And along that path, throughout that journey, there are prophetic signposts, prophetic indicators, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit to help you to be knowing and also comforted along the journey. Woo, praise the Lord, especially you're going to need some encouragement if you're still in the prison mode, praise God, or the place of learning and God's university sometimes. It's a little bit different from some theological seminaries. Hallelujah. Joseph didn't, did not get to go to the theological seminary. He got to go to the prison, and that's where he learned his theology. Now, Psalm 105, verse 16, Moreover, he, that would be God, called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Why don't you say that today? Say, Joseph. Woo! Praise the Lord. There are many symbolic acts in the life of Joseph that were precursors to the life of Jesus, the Messiah. And you see that when you study his life. Now, verse 18. We know that he was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Woo! Now look, initially when he was put in prison, and also along that journey of being transported as a slave, and then later, uh, you know, being, how can we say, lied about, uh, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and then put in prison, well, he's back in shackles, back in chains again. Joseph was a favored child, and he really received a lot of pampered treatment. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with pampering your children, loving them, but you have to be careful where you don't baby them and put them in some kind of cocoon or shell where they never develop and mature properly. Maybe they're real strong in one area, but then they're totally undeveloped in another area because of maybe they just got babied all the time. And I, I think today, with all of the bizarre things going on in at least in American culture of trying to take away masculinity from the young boys 
and almost steer them in the direction of, you know, trying to turn them into women or behaving like women, where now little boys are getting their fingernails painted and stuff like that. You know, really, they probably need to go outside and play and get some dirt under their nails. I think that would be a lot more productive. But whatever the case was, Joseph, I'm not saying he was effeminate or anything like that. He was he was a bookworm. He was very intellectual and he wasn't what we would call the athletic type but nevertheless the Lord needed to do some things in the life of Joseph to bring out more of a strength more of a manly character and that was part of the development that was going on there in the prison experience they hurt his feet with fetters he was laid in irons and mama's not there to wash his feet mama's not there to you know put his head on a pillow and say son I'm so sorry that you have to go through these difficulties this was really a time for him to man up, and this would be very traumatic for any teenager to go through. Now, he was only in the house of Potiphar for one year before he was falsely accused of rape, uh, which he did not do anything like that, but he was falsely accused, thrown into prison at the age, uh, most of the Jewish rabbis believe at the age of 18. Actually, four of the greatest rabbis throughout the centuries uh, although it's not recorded in Scripture, but the Jewish lineage and the, how can I say it? the Jewish historical records that are passed down uh, amongst the great teachers of the world, the rabbis, they all agree, and the four of the greatest of them all agreed that at the age of 18 is when he was actually put into prison under false charges, and he was there for 12 long years. Woo! Now at the age of 30, he was released from prison and was raised to that lofty position, standing at the right hand of Pharaoh, and really calling all the shots running the entire nation under the umbrella of Pharaoh. So he was there for a long time and he got roughed up. I, I'm not saying that he was molested or anything like that in prison, which prisons can be notorious for, but he didn't get any pampered treatment. He didn't get any, you know, special favors. Now there was the element where they noticed the the leader of the prison noticed that he was different. So he immediately plugs Joseph into, if we can say this, a higher position in the prison. But please, even in that in that position, which would be the best place you can be, you're still in prison. <laughs> and there's some things that he had to go through. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. There's something about not being able to move your legs, not being able to stretch out, not being able to sleep properly, where your legs begin to get scabs, begin to get lesions, but you know, they start bleeding and you know, you can't get those things off of your feet. Well, eventually they were taken off where he can uh, oversee things in the prison and watch over the other prisoners and things like that. But still, it was an awful experience that he was going through. There was a lot of development taking place in his life. There was a lot of strength being imparted to him from the Lord. And of course, a lot of crushing of pride and youthful, uh, boisterous arrogance that he had in him, and he needed to have that leveled off. He needed to be brought into a place where he knew his calling. He knew the prophetic destiny that God had for him, sensing that greatness of that, but at the same time, not being this this uh, arrogant person where he would even speak down in a way towards his father and mother, basically saying, one day you're going to bow down to me. Just want all of y'all to know that I've already had the dream. God's already showed that to me. See, you can understand your place in the Lord, even if it's a, a great place, but still all of that needs to be handled with humility, 
all of that needs to be handled in a way of wisdom and not just um, you you know trying to uh, push that over on people and that really come off uh, the wrong way and trust me with the brothers it really came off the wrong way it rubbed them <laughs> really wrong and they're like oh really well you dreamer of dreams we're going to find out uh, just how, how many of your dreams are going to come to pass because we're going to take you out <laughs> and they tried <laughs> they almost killed him uh, you know but there was a little bit of restraint Reuben said no let's not kill him you know it's really not the right thing to do he really is our brother uh, and then of course Judah uh, said hey why, why don't we sell him and uh, we can make some money off of him so you you see a little bit of the origins also of the Jewish mindset uh, you know because the word Jew is a derivative of Judah and so the the thinking of Judah is how can we make money praise the Lord so that can be a good strength as long as it doesn't lead into covetousness and you know ways to take advantage of people such as selling your own brother of course now they hurt his feet with fetters he was laid in irons that must have been difficult very very difficult and also falsely charged uh, you know hey I've got a record for the rest of my life you know I didn't even do it all of this stuff uh, that psychologically he's got to work through not only the physical stuff of being in a prison uh, you know hot sweltering uh, what a mess what a difficult situation but it was God's plan to take him through that route Woo! your life your life is not an accident and I think there would be some that would say you know God send me to the finest theological seminary in the world uh, but God was going to do that for Joseph and that happened to be the prison and you've got others they'll go to the theological seminary and by the time they pop out the other end they don't even believe anymore in the virgin birth they don't believe in miracles. They don't even know if, if Jesus is even real by the time they leave some of these theological seminaries. Because there are, believe it or not, men and women that are teaching in these seminaries that have degrees in Greek and Hebrew and philosophy and this and that. And they're not even born again. They're not even saved. Yet because of their academic credentials, they're allowed to teach. And they just strip any faith out of sometimes these young students they just strip any potential anointing off of them and they pop out these cookie cutter factory mold so-called preachers that are just full of you know, a lot of head knowledge but no anointing Woo! now remember it's the anointing that removes burdens and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke so you know you could stand up there with all kind of intellectual proudness that's not going to get the devil off people uh, we have to get back to the gospel Jesus said in my name you shall cast out devils and it takes an anointing to do that praise the Lord so the devil doesn't fear academia now I'm not against academia we don't need to be a bunch of dumb bunnies hallelujah but at the same time we need to develop ourselves spiritually first and then work on our soul which it includes the mind the will the emotions work on your yes your intellect and so forth and last but not least don't forget to take good care of your body hallelujah Lord Jesus we give you praise today they hurt his feet with fetters he was laid in irons pastor Stephen the way you're talking I feel sorry for Joseph <laughs> well hey it wasn't easy and when you look at his life 
Um, I mean, it could outdo any soap opera that's on television. The drama was just heavyweight, especially later, even when his brothers show back up in Egypt, you know, looking to buy grain, and it's just all the emotions, and uh, it, it's a powerful story, and it has been put to movie, but I don't think there's a movie yet that's quite caught the, you know, uh, the, the, the power of it, really the raw emotion of it, but so much symbolizing the ministry and the life of Jesus. They heard his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Now, he was there until the time that his word came to pass. The bigger the word, get ready for this. Don't, don't let it upset your spirit. It's, it's okay still. But the bigger the word, the bigger the prophetic promise, the bigger the impact God has destined for you to make, then there, there can be a duration that's longer concerning the time where the word or the word of the Lord will do its testing work. Until the time that his word came to pass. So he had a great prophetic promise. You know, some little bitty animals that are, that are real small, uh, the gestation period for a little baby to be born out of the mother's womb, you know, sometimes can be, you know, something as short as just, you know, a couple of months. But when you're looking at something like an elephant, something that's larger, it's going to take a whole lot more time. Why? Something bigger is coming. And so the development time must therefore be longer until the time that his word came to pass. Do you have a word from the Lord? Do you have a prophecy from God? Maybe you got that word 20 years ago. Maybe when that word came, maybe it was just an inner witness of the Holy Spirit, but it was so strong, so clear that one day God was going to take you into this certain anointing, whether the, the anointing would be in the scientific field or medical field or even in ministry, whatever it was, you sensed that God was going to do something through you that would be a blessing to many people. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. And maybe you got that word 20 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. How about this? Maybe you got it 12 years ago. And you're thinking, wow, it's been a long time. But you know what? The prison experience is ready to be closed out and the time of coming out of that and stepping into your destiny is now here because that developmental process is at the place where it has done its work it has done its work and it's ready for you to pop out and now be the person that God has called you to be until the time that his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him this is a refining process my wife and I were raised up in a very apostolic, prophetic church with moving of the Spirit and things like that, but it's no secret. There was an elder board that was um, a little bit on the, I'm not quite sure what kind of word to use for them, except um, they did not want anyone, any young person that had an anointing to be raised up and to be sent out of that house. They were so jealous. They were so insecure. <laughs> they had so many phobias that it just seemed like collectively the elder board, it's like they had a collective mindset of we must destroy all of those that are being raised up for ministry because they could be a threat to us and somehow invade uh, the space that we share with the pastor and the space that we share uh, on this international platform. Therefore, we have a legal right and obligation to kill all of them. <laughs> so it wasn't like, you know, physically killed them, but it was 
let's try to cut them all off. Let's, let's not encourage anybody. Let's make it just as hard as we can on them. And they did. Was it right? No, it was really wrong what they were doing. And, uh, <laughs> You know, a lot of this was also being worked in a way where it was being hidden and veiled from the pastor, the man of God, and there was just a lot of monkey business going on there. But out of the hundreds and the hundreds and hundreds that were uh, being equipped and trained for ministry, and I'm, talk, and I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, I don't know how many hundreds, it was, it was a lot, probably only about 10 of us actually made it in the full-time ministry. Now watch this though, watch this. Out of the hundreds that didn't make it, the about 10 or 12, maybe nine or somewhere right around there, nine to 12 people of us that actually made it in the full-time ministry, we all today have international ministries, every single one of us. Why? Because if you made it through that mess, and you made it through that challenge, and you made it through the, the, through the um, jealousy, and all of the stuff that you had to just Woo, pray and fast to get through. If you, if you can make it through that, you can stand through anything. Woo, so what was going on? Well, out of the hundreds that were being equipped for ministry, sensing a call of God into the ministry, there was a serious thinning out process. Let me tell you this. God allowed it. Is what those elders, was it what they were doing, was it right? No. And, um, you know, I, th I think in some ways they were they were good men, but they were just um, they didn't understand love. That uh, they had certain areas, maybe areas of their heart that weren't healed, and so they did a lot of things to just really circumvent the rising up of many. But God still was using it as a thinning out process. Why? Because real ministry is tough. I know a lot of people uh, in the church, they sit back, church members, they look at what you could maybe call celebrity ministers, and they look at it and they think, oh, oh, it's wonderful, they're on TV all the time, looks like they've got a lot of money, and uh, uh, wow, it looks like they have a nice house, and uh, all of this and all of that, but behind the scenes, the persecution is uh, off the chart. The criticism can be off the charts. The uh, the attacks of the enemy can be so uh, mischievous and so well planned and coordinated by the devil and the dark forces that um, sometimes it can look glitzy. But the reality of ministry is that it's tough. And this is, this is something I learned very early in ministry where a seasoned man of God who was greatly involved in revivals in Europe, he said, Stephen, he said, God has a, a very strong ministry for you, but you're going to have to learn this, that to be effective in ministry, you have to have a heart like a lamb, but you have to have skin like an elephant. Ooh, now the, some of you need that. <laughs> some of you, you have the heart of a lamb, but you don't, you don't have that exterior that sometimes has to be tough. Why? Because there are evil people out there that actually take joy at inflicting pain and seeing a response of your agony. They actually get, they actually, uh, you know, they celebrate that. So you have to be strong. And if something does, uh, you know, cause pain or something like that publicly, yeah, don't, don't ever give them the joy or the gratitude of thinking, ah, we really got to them. No, don't do that. You want to be strong. And ministry has so many challenges and it has, has so many um, uh, dynamics that 
most normal people they never encounter so if you want to take God's path to greatness God will get you there if you're interested in going to the top then God has a plan for you you need to know that you need to know that but you're going to have to allow God to take you along the prophetic protocol to the top and I'm not saying you're going to go through the prison but I am saying that you can go through some situations sometimes in your mind you're you're thinking Lord I'm going backwards or Lord I'm in a place right now where you've got me in a place right now it actually looks like it's so messed up I could never get to where I, Lord I'm you know Joseph likes is in prison he has a criminal record how could he ever serve in a political position how could that ever happen for him? Much less the right hand of the Pharaoh. Ah, but yet he still has that word of the Lord that says it's going to happen. So what do you do? You have to get back to the word. You have to get back to what God spoke to you, and you have to continue to pray into that. You have to continue to believe that. You have to continue to hold on to that while you look around at yourself and look at your tattered, old, wore-out prison clothes, and you just have to say, God, it's going to change. And you have to say also, Lord, you're, you're treating me the best a person could be treated in prison. Lord, you've even given me charge over the other prisoners, but Lord, hey, I'm still in prison, but I know, Lord, I know that you have given me those dreams, they came from you, and I, I don't know how you're going to do it, but somehow, somehow, I'm coming out of this sometime, someplace, some way, I'm getting out of here, praise the Lord, and his time came, and your time will come too. And I believe that your time is at hand. Woo, that's why I'm preaching this message today. That's why I felt inspired of the Holy Spirit to share this with you today, that the prison door is about to open. The messenger's coming from, from the royal court saying, get that person out. That person is the person that we need for this position. Mm -mm. And, that, and that's your uniqueness. That's what God put into you that nobody else has. Nobody else can do it the way that you do it. So, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Mm. And God works on you while you're in those prison experiences. God works on you in ways where you begin to get conformed to his word. And he doesn't allow you to get by with things that others who are not interested in God's prophetic plan to greatness, that they're not interested in that. He just lets them just cruise. Okay. If they're not interested in it, they don't have to be involved in that. That's okay. At least they, at least they're saved. They can go to heaven. But when you really do want to go God's path, there will be development. There will be correction. There will be mentoring. There will be tutoring. There will be uh, impartation by the Holy spirit. And you just can't, you can't just wing it the way some of these other people do who are not on that same trajectory and who are not on that same path mm, thank you Jesus mm. praise the Lord I was um, I was at a, a place today where I was having some service done on my vehicle and I'm just sitting in the the waiting area it's real quiet and peaceful and there was a, t a television show on one of those home improvement TV shows where you know um, somebody buys an old home and then some professionals, they come in, they fix the home up, and they make it very, very beautiful, and basically shows you what you can do by, you know, just uh, refurbishing a house, how nice you can make it. So I'm just, I'm just watching the program. It was a very clean, very nice program, just sitting there looking at it. And the lady comes into the sitting area also, and the first, uh, she, she had some papers, I guess, maybe some, some things she was trying to work through, receipts or something like that. She walked, she walked into the sitting room, and I, I was the only one there. She walked in and said, whew, she said, I'm so confused, I don't know what I'm doing. And I just thought, I thought to myself, well, if, the, if that's your confession, I'm sure you are very confused and you have no clue what you're doing. 
<laughs> I mean, if that's what, but that, those are the words that came out of her mouth. Now, if you're on God's prophetic uh, path to destiny and to greatness, He'll never let you talk like that. And if you do talk like that, He will work with you day and night to change your vocabulary and your speech. Why? That is not this talk of faith. That is the talk of raw doubt and unbelief. And you know, the next thing out of her mouth, as she began to uh, notice the television and she saw the show and uh, saw the, the couple that was hosting the show and that, was, that were the ones that fixed up the houses, she, out of her mouth, she said, well, if I had money like them, I could fix my house up too. <laughs> and she has no clue. She has no clue that I right now am taking, me and my wife, we're taking our home through a remodel and we're making it beautiful, just like they are on the television show. But out of her own mouth, well, if I had money like they did, I could fix my house up too. Just, just as negative, just as critical um, as a person could be. And see, Here's the thing. If you talk poverty and lack and insufficiency and negativity and doubt and unbelief, you will never, even, even though you're a Christian, even though you're a believer, and she, she was probably a Christian, you will never, ever possess your Canaan land. You, may, you maybe can see it. You maybe will get a glimpse of it. You maybe can even get a witness of the Spirit that God, God has something beautiful and wonderful for you. And by the way, what you're glimpsing, what you're picking up on, that's only a, a, a small, like a little taste of the grapes. You haven't seen anything yet until you get in there and really God starts moving with you and you start working together in tandem with God possessing and the thing begins to unfold. It's much better than you've even imagined. But my friends, you'll never get in there with all kinds of talk of unbelief and doubt and criticism of others who are excelling, who are succeeding, who are willing to pay the price. See, most people that are in places of success like that, uh, although people might not know it, a lot of those people have been through prison type experiences. They've been in the dungeon. They maybe did not have a literal prison experience, but they have been through times of toughness, time through, times of hardness, times of great difficulty, and they popped out of that. They kept the faith, and now they are in their place of prosperity. They are functioning strongly in their gifting and in their anointing, and then, of course, others sit back and just criticize it. You know, one day I was uh, uh, talking with some people. They were uh, these were all Christians, uh, spirit-filled, you know, quote, quote tongue-talking believers. As if you know that doesn't that doesn't mean you're spiritual just because you talk in tongues. That's, remember, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a initial experience into the deeper walk with God. But it's just the initial. If if you don't carry on with that, you're still you're still in water that's only up to your ankles. That is just the initial experience speaking in tongues to take you further into a deeper walk with God. Well, as I was uh, talking with some of these people in a group, there was a lady there that was having, she was having some financial challenges. And uh, she, she said something. Now, she knew I was a minister. And she said something about having to have gone through some difficult times and how at one time life was so difficult she had to sleep in her van a few nights and she looked at me in front of everybody and said i'm sure i'm sure stephen you have no understanding of that you know what i didn't even say anything i just thought lord how nice when she went through her hard time she actually had a van to sleep in lord i, I did <laughs> 
Lord, I had a cardboard box. But why even try to explain that to her when she's so critical, she's so negative. Watch this. She's so bitter that she wouldn't even want to know my story. She's not even interested. She's already prejudged me. She's already looked at me as being somebody successful who in her eyes, she thinks all I've had is a silver spoon in my life, all of my life. And she looks at me with jealousy, not knowing I've gone through valleys so far, so much deeper than what she's ever gone through. She would have no comprehension of some of the things I've gone through, even to the point almost one time of almost completely losing my mind when I was homeless. She had no understanding of that. But my friends, we can have these Joseph moments. Some of these things were thrown at you, perhaps not by any of your own choosing. It's just you found yourself in these very hard situations, but yet you somehow knew that God had something for you that if you didn't give up on God, He would pull you through, and, and eventually you would see the goodness of the Lord. So I'm telling you right now, my friends, the shackles are off. The door is going to open. The, the messenger is going to come and say, the, the Pharaoh wants you out right now. The king needs you right now. So, at that moment, before he went before the Pharaoh, he had to change change his clothes and get get all you know get a fresh bath, and get new clothes on, beautiful clothes, and he had to shave and get all fixed up and made to look very nice. Probably put on some nice cologne, and then he went out. I'm telling you what, God will prepare you, God will equip you, so when you step out. And that's your time, hallelujah, you will lack nothing. All of heaven will back you. Mm -mm. Get ready for that moment. You're right there at it. Until the time that His word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. So you, kept, you have to keep holding on. You have to keep reminding the Lord of what He said to you in His Holy Word, but also what He has spoken to your heart. That's why it's very important if you get a prophetic word, even personally, if you're in your prayer time and the Lord gives you a personal prophecy and you speak that out, maybe through tongues and interpretation, which is an equivalent of prophecy, that you write that down. Or if you get a, a very powerful word from a prophet or a prophetess, that if you have it on a CD or something like that, get it printed out and write it down and have it before you so that you can read over it and you can ponder upon it and you can meditate on it and build your faith because God said it God will do it and that word will test you it will try you do you really believe the Lord and, and the enemy say well look at your situations it will never happen but see my friends Joseph went through all of that but he held to the word of the Lord he had genuine valid dreams that came straight down from heaven and the angels carried those dreams and put them into his mind while he slept they were one hundred percent from God and I'd like to tell you today that you have heard from God and that your dream your vision from God is also genuine is also valid but you must hold on to the prophetic promise God will take you through the test and the trials and you will pop out on the other side in the in the midst in the interim you must stand in faith you must praise the Lord and you must refuse to let anything offend you and Joseph had many things that from a natural perspective you think well that man could have a right to harbor unforgiveness because look he was falsely accused he was in prison wrongly for 12 years there should be compensation for that well the Lord knows how to compensate the righteous but my friends the thing is is that you must be willing to forgive completely total complete forgiveness Hallelujah. And then bless them in the, in the name of the Lord and go on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Again, verse 19, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. Woo! Hallelujah. This is a literal case of extreme career trajectory. He went from the bottom to the very top. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. There can be progressive incremental leaps, but also God is able to fast track you and expedite you if there has been divine delay because of development and because of the plan of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whatever the end result will be is that God will get you there because you have an appointment. Your life has certain appointed moments, and God sees, He sees everything that's laid out before you in a very linear path. And that's what's amazing about God, because sometimes people say, well, I know God is God, but how can God, with billions of people talking to Him and praying to Him all at the same time, how can He handle all of that? Because he, He's different. There's the linear uh, time scale, and people think God just moves on that, on that linear path, but God's also horizontal. So if you're praying uh, if you're praying, God can just move to the side, and He could stay right here as time goes forward. He could stay right here with you on this level, and just you know, fellowship with you all the time, and then move over here and uh, spend time with another person on the other side of the planet who's praying. And He could just He could just He could branch out. He's got time for everybody. He has the ability to do what only He could do. Lord, we give you praise today. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The magnitude of your prophecy is very important. And although it may have been a long haul, it is time for you to come out and to step into that place of divine promise and preparation. Lord, we give you all the praise. He made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. Your obedience and your willingness to not quit or give up on God's word and God's promise to you is taking you into a place of greater authority, greater anointing, and greater impact. Pastor Stephen, why has it taken so long? So that when you step out, you are fully equipped. You know, there are some mistakes, there are some blunders that you can do in the prison. Uh, that you wouldn't want to do when you are in the royal palace, because if you make it, if you make the mistake in the prison, just a few people will know, and most likely even the people in the prison, they're probably not going to even notice. But if you do that out in the royal court with the cameras rolling and everybody watching, oh, they'll catch it on camera and then they'll replay it over and over again, and that's not going to be good. So all of that stuff is fine tuning. All of that stuff is things that God's working on you. God's working in you. Joseph had the anointing. He, he was a dreamer of dreams. He was an interpreter of dreams. He had what we would call charisma. He had gifting. But there's other things that God had to work on. The, uh, the areas of humility. Now, he had character. Obviously, he ran from Potiphar's wife. I mean, he, he did what the Apostle Paul said, flee sexual immorality. I mean, run away from it. And that's what he did. He just, uh, with her holding onto his clothes, she, he just ran. And the clothes tore, and he, he took off running. 
Praise the Lord. He obeyed the scriptures. But there was there were still other areas of character in other compartments of his heart. Those need those needed to be developed as well. Hallelujah. It's very important to walk in love. Faith works by love. You can preach the right message. You can say the right words. You can technically win an argument. But if you have the wrong heart, they're not going to receive it. Even if you're even if you're the one that's technically correct. It's not going to go over right. You have to learn those types of things. That's the wisdom of God. That's the maturity of God before he puts you out there. Those things have to be deeply rooted in your life. Now, there can be moments in your life where you realize God is working on some other areas. So, from one perspective, from one small angle, you can be waiting on God. God's working over here. He's setting that up. He's positioning things so that when the timing's right, it's all there for you. So there is an element of God where maybe we are waiting on on Him because the angels are working behind the scenes. It's all being choreographed. So let that be worked out. But here's the flip side. 98% of the time, God, though, is actually waiting on us. Pastor Stephen, I'm ready. I was ready 10 years ago. Well, obviously not, because if you were, you'd be out there. You'd be in that place. (laughs) You would be standing next to Pharaoh, ruling and reigning along with him, riding in his chariot, and, you know, wearing the signet ring. The reason you're not there yet is because, obviously, God is still working with you, and he's waiting for you to allow that work to be accomplished. But... I do believe that there is a graduation date in the spirit. I do believe that the angels know, hey, we've got to get him or her ready because their moment of the king calling for them is just two months out. That we've been working on this with them for seven years now, and we've only got two months left. We've really got to help put the icing on the cake here. And so I do believe there are divine timelines, and I also think that in your spirit, you can pick up on that. You can pick up on that, and you know, even though you may still be in a prison-type situation, you know, hey, everything's about to change. And somebody may say, well, how do you know that? It's just, well, you know it in here. Woo, praise God. And that's a very real knowing. That is a witness of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. My friends, God has been preparing you for greatness, to reflect His glory, to reflect, to reflect His love, His truth, His character, in a world where we are the salt and the light. The salt is preservation because there's so much decay, so much rottenness that is in the culture. That's why we are there. We are the salt, and we are also the light. Oh, praise the Lord. There is so much deception. There is so much lying. There, there is so much de- de- tri- uh, trickery, and even amongst so many leaders within, let, let's say, like the political circles and so forth, there are people that are just completely sold out to do evil. So that's why there must be light, because light exposes. And when, when those type of people get around the light, you know, they're just like, we need to straighten up. Why? Because consequences are going to begin to take place. You know, when it comes to corruption, there's a, um, there's a, a, there's a company. I, I don't know if a company is the right word, but it's a board of people. They get together, and they evaluate 
corruption amongst the nations of the world. And they, they rank from number one all the way to the bottom, the world's most corrupt nation, all the way to ones that are doing pretty good. The nation in the world that has the least corruption is actually right now it's the nation of Denmark. So it's the, it's the least corrupted nation in the world. And when we're talking about corruption, we're talking about, you know, from political per corruption to, you know, law enforcement corruption to, uh, you know, uh, you know, officials corrupting their position for bribes and things like that. But Denmark is the least corrupted nation in the world. Oh, Pastor Stephen, the, the USA must be number two because the USA has such a sterling reputation. <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, uh, the USA is quite a ways down the list. I think number two is Iceland, and uh, it's mainly European nations taking up the top five and maybe even the top ten. But, uh, you know, and there are some parts of the world where, I mean, you can't even get into a country. The moment you get off the airplane and you go through customs, they're already trying to get bribes out of you. Well, we, we see here that you need to pay a fee for these documents. And you're just create, creating lies and trying to extort and take money and stuff like that. It's just crazy. It reminds me of the Ukraine where the average, the average wage, the annual wage for a judge in Ukraine is $10,000 to $13,000 a year. That, that's, that's not much money in America. That's considered poverty level. But in the Ukraine, if you are a judge, and that's, that's a lofty position, you, you are a judge, it pays $10,000 to $13,000 a year, not a month, a year. But yet, they all drive beautiful brand new Porsches. Now, <laughs> how can that be? Because they're all bought out. They're all bought out. You could, you know, if, if you get, you know, busted for something, just slide them $1,000, you'll go free. You know, if your child, you know, ran over somebody with the car, he's a teenager, ran over and killed somebody, I'll just give them $500. They'll get your kid out of prison, and he'll never go to jail or anything like that. You, know, you could buy a PhD for $20,000, never go to the college, never show up, never learn anything, never take one class, $20,000 walk out with the PhD. It's one of the, it's the third most corrupt nation on the face of the earth. But all of these things, remember, we're salt, we're light, and God's bringing you out to stand in places like this, where people don't know God, where so much of the church today has deviated from the ancient pathway. And you got a lot of Christians that laugh at what we would call old-fashioned biblical principles, but yet the old-fashioned biblical principles keep that man or woman of God up. And those who believe in modernism and, hey, we don't do things like that anymore, they're falling left and right. They're falling left and right. Mm -mm. Oh, by the way, there's a Joseph anointing for prosperity. See, he's, he's not just coming into leadership. He's not just coming into an esteemed position, but he's there because why? Something's coming, a great famine. But before that, great prosperity. Woo, walking in wisdom, supernatural revelation and understanding of God of what to do. God's man for the hour. God's man or woman for the moment. Get ready. God's lifting you up. And it's, it's divine empowerment for the moment, for the hour. This is your time of greatness. Praise the Lord. It's the time that you're coming out, and God's going to reveal you, and you're going to shine like a light in a very dark world. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for your people today that the Joseph anointing touched their life that the initial receiving of the coat of many colors and the dreams and the supernatural encounters and the prophecies and the, uh, and, and the, and the, the words of wisdom, the unveiling of the deep promises. Now, Father God, I thank you that 
that coat, which may have been in a sense lost due to prison experience. It's all coming back. The mantle, the empowerment, the gifting, the anointing, but it's going to come back much stronger in a place where it can operate on a much larger platform. Mm. Some of you are going to make a lot of money that are called, you have your own business, or maybe you're, you're in a certain career where there's large potential. You're going to, you're going to be the record sitter. You're going to, you're going to raise the bar so high that others will look at you and they're going to think, how, how could we ever do something like that? But you know, you did it by the grace and the strength of God and all of that preparation that he put into you. They may never know or identify with what you went through to get there. They may, they may not know about that. That's between you and the Lord. But my friends, God's positioned you to go into those places and you're going to be a great, great blessing. Now, Father, we give you all the praise. I just thank you, Father, for the Joseph anointing resting on your people and the coat of many colors, multifaceted anointings and giftings falling on your people, coming on them with double portion. Now, we thank you, Father, they're going to function in that unction, in that anointing, and the door is opening now. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, uh, look for the moment that these are prophetic moments. Just like there's the prophetic pit, the prophetic prison. There's all the, also the prophetic coming out. There is the bath. There is the new clothes. There is the shaving. There's, there's a transition. Look for that transition. You can, you can tell when it's happening. Woo, you're about to go before the king. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. We thank you for prophetic understanding along the spiritual path. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I hear the Holy Spirit saying that some of you really need to tweak your talk. I'm not saying that you talk dirty. I'm not saying that you use profanity, but I'm saying some of you still drift back to that negative talk and you think it's being humble. It's actually being unscriptural. Don't talk doubt and unbelief. Don't put yourself down. Don't degrade the anointing and the grace of God upon your life. Don't, uh, don't say things like, uh, well, well, that person shouldn't have so much or shouldn't have such a big house. Don't do stuff like that. Why? Because that's where you're going. That's where God wants to take you. So you, you cannot receive what you criticize. You cannot receive what you would dishonor and uh, have no respect for. So that's where God's wanting to take you. Woo! Praise the Lord. And so may, may you, when you get there, set the right example. If, if, if the position's been abu- abused, if the people there have, have uh, uh, taken advantage of others and have used their position wrongly, uh, don't criticize the position. When you get there, you set the standard of Christ and let your light shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you all of the praise. You're doing a deep work. You're doing a deep work, and it's all for a purpose. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to take Holy Communion. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. If you're watching today's program, and you are intrigued by the God of Joseph, and you don't know Him, why don't you pray this prayer out loud right now and receive Jesus into your heart, and you'll receive His eternal life and forgiveness of sins. Just pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to know you. I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Wash all of my sins away and give me your new life. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. I receive you now as my King, my God, and my Savior. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. 
we're all going to heaven together. Woo, hallelujah. All the saints are going to heaven. Hallelujah. Okay, let's take communion. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of our mighty King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for his body. We hold to his promises day and night. We believe it's true. The devil can't strip it out of us. We believe it's true with every ounce and fiber of our being. Your word is true, and the vision, the destiny that you have given to us shall be fulfilled. And the enemy can't stop it. Now, Father, we give you praise. Thank you for the deep work that you're doing. We celebrate the overcoming victory of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, as we receive his body now. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. As we receive the blood of Jesus, it says again about Joseph, they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Pastor Stephen, they did me wrong. Yes, they probably did. And some of you have probably had some deep wounds and hurts that have been inflicted upon you over the years. But you know what? We need to forgive them and go on. And we forgive anybody who has done us wrong. Now look, this is very important with the Lord Jesus, that if we don't forgive others of their sins against us, the Lord will not cleanse our record of our sins. So just as we have had sinned before God and done many foolish things and many hurtful and sinful things to God and to others, and God forgave us, we need to forgive anybody that has done us wrong in any way, no matter how bad it was, we need to forgive them. Hallelujah, and go on with the Lord and be happy in Him. So if you haven't done that, do that right now. So Father God, we just forgive anybody who has sinned against us, and we ask that You would wash all of our sins away through the precious blood of Jesus. Father, we thank You for total forgiveness towards us, and we completely forgive anybody who has wronged us, and we joyfully do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. My friends, I need to let you go, because the prison door keeper is coming to let you out right now. Today is your day. This is your hour. Glorify the Lord in all that He does through your life. Give Him all the glory, all the praise. He's taking you up into that position of greatness. God bless you. I'll see you back next time.